Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. This is Adam Rubichek, and you're joining us for part four of our interview with Gabe Edgar, uh, Professor of Linguistics and Language Acquisition at University of North Texas. And in this final part of our interview with him, he talks a lot about uh, sort of his lessons learned over the course of his career and in his leadership in cooperative learning. So I hope you have enjoyed the series with Gabe and uh, enjoy this final part. The other thing that I've I learned from being a trainer was the value of teaching other people. Um, but I also figured that out from, from being a teacher at all. You know, I did uh, several pedagogical grammar courses on my undergraduate degree. I did uh, a whole master's in linguistics and, and syntax and semantics. And then the very first time you try to explain to a non-native speaker why we say some things uh, with ing and so why we say some things with ed and uh, as adjectives maybe, uh, and people go, and trying to explain that makes me go, oh, okay. So I am... So so much better at English grammar after having, I, I was so much better after teaching it for six years than I was after six years of learning it. And that's not to disparage the program that I went through at all. It's just teaching other people is where it's at, um, trying to explain it to someone else. And so one of the things that I try to do in my classes is maximize the amount of time that students are talking and students are telling each other about things because uh, it's, it's, there's that processing time. But students don't like to do that either. They, it feels awkward for them. Uh, and they don't, students don't like to be awkward. Uh, they, they have a hard time pushing past that. Gabe, you, so you said that your initial training was in about 2008 uh, for cooperative learning. So that's, that's 14 years. That's, uh, that's a decade and a half you've been in this game. Yeah. So, so you say it like that and it's... Uh... <laughs> You had a full head of hair when when you started. I know Um, it's, uh, it's all falling out. So what, what do you think, um, what, what do you think has changed with regards to sort of implementation of cooperative learning, the, the need for developing cooperative skills in students, um, the approaches that you take, you know, what, what's different about the world of cooperative learning in the world of education from 2008 until today? Um, I don't think there's anything much different about the need for it. I still see students that come in with all levels of, uh, ability. Um, and you just can't take that for, you can't take for granted because some students will do great if left to their own devices. Some students will do terribly. Um, so you have to, you as the instructor really have to, to structure the, uh, the lesson, the class time um, to cause them to have success in that area. I've seen, so at the, at the beginning when I was doing, and, this, and again, 2008, uh, Richland started in the mid nineties. They had Roger coming down and doing sessions. Um, but even by 2008, we had plenty of people that had been essentially doing uh, sage on the stage lecture, you know, 50 minute lecture, for 30 years. 
I don't think I see those people anymore. I think everyone has a base understanding of, oh, group work is a thing you, you do. So the challenge now is I think a lot of people coming into something like foundations say, oh yeah, I do group work already, no problem. Like they, they just assume that because they ask students to work together, that everything's fine. They don't need to add anything to that. And of course their version of, of group work is something like uh, work together on this problem. The end. <laughs> that's the structure. That's the uh, social skills uh, uh, instruction. That's there's no group processing, no group planning, no nothing even about face to face. And and they give everybody their own worksheet. And then uh, if you watch the, those classrooms, you know half the students are doing it by themselves, and um, half are sort of work half working with someone else. Um, so so sort of unlearning that impulse of I know what group work is um and in fact uh I can't remember at all the person's name but uh, um somewhere in 2015 or so we had a a speaker brought in um, by the school and he made so much hay out of the difference between teamwork and group work and he would went on and on about what uh all, all these things about teamwork and and Becky and I are in the back of the audience going yeah, we, what you're describing is, is group work, is, is cooperative groups. Uh, but, but, and then, you know, bless them, if, if, that may, if that gets the job done to call it something else, that's fine. Um, my, own, my biggest problem was he's like, oh yeah, highly efficient teams are, are uh, generally around six people. I'm like, no, <laughs> six is way too many. You can't have six unless there's, you'd have to be so well-trained and efficient to have a group of six. That's, that's nuts. Break it into three, break, break six into two groups of three. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you guys have been around just as long. Answer your own question. How, how, what have, what have you seen change? I, the, the beauty of cooperative learning, I think, especially the, the Johnson model is there, there's no, there's no trick to it. There's no, um, there, there's no shortcut that this is this is a way to get students to intrinsically be motivated to care about each other's learning and there are strategies you can use there's a context you can put it in there's um you know, metacognitive processes we can build but the ultimate goal is i care about the people around me and we are all going to learn more because of it and so regardless of the context that, that we're doing this in whether it's with preschool age children or, or graduate students that I'm working with now, um, the, the, the process is the same. And so I think the only difference really, other than everything that's going on in the world, whether it be, you know, $5 a gallon gas or, you know, we're in the midst of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Um, but also we, we've lived through quite, quite a technological revolution. And I think it just speaks to the need for that face-to-face -face interaction of building those interpersonal relationships, we can use technology to enhance that relationship, but it still boils down to myself and a partner face-to-face -face, you know, working on something together. To, to, for the benefit of both. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it just speaks to, you know, what we need as humans, right? Like that's what it comes down to. And then just trying to figure out how to, how to help people interact in ways that uh, allows them to be their 
their self themselves, um, you know, in a, in a, in a way that they feel that they belong. So I think that's the biggest, for me, the biggest change too. And like, I think what Adam hit it right on the head, which is like, this is not a, you know, one of the things that we hear sometimes is just tell me how to do it, you know, or just like the cookie cutter, like, give me the worksheet, give me the thing, give me the, yeah. the magic bullet. And, and I think David, you know, I always quote David all the time and uh, David put it well, which is, you know, anything that's picked up easily is easily forgotten. And um, that, that, that's what I think about some of the strategies and some of the web apps and some of the other things that, that don't really take into account or maybe take only one piece into account. Um, you know, Gabe, you brought up the idea that like nobody's doing the sage on the stage, but they understand group work. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I think some, the sage on the stage might've been better than some of the group work where you might be sending some anti-belonging cues to others if you're not doing that well. Yeah, there's, there's definitely ways of, of allowing students to interact with each other that ends up having a negative, a negative long-term effect. Um, so yeah, and you just gotta, you've gotta take responsibility for what's going on in the classroom and, and at all aspects of it, um, how students talk to each other, where they're sitting. Um, and I think, and, and you know, I, I ran staff meetings uh, with, with 20 people and um, I did the same thing with them and they all appreciated it. Uh, and even when my, my dean sometimes would run meetings, uh, if something wasn't going well or at the beginning or sometimes at the end, she'd uh, turn and say, Gabe, what should we do? Because, <laughs> you know, they knew I was sort of the cooperative learning guru, but it was like, uh, give us a prompt or something to, something to do because we, we need to process this. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy I got to be that guy uh, for, the, for those folks. But, you know, they're those are people that were older than me. And in many cases, they had years more experience than me. Um, but you just, you need that person sometimes to sort of take charge to say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Um, in terms of how we're going to interact with each other to set the, to set them, set the mood, if you would. Well, Gabe, I appreciate you taking some time out of your crazy spring break to uh, share yeah. your journey. I'm going to go yeah. back to go back to hammering tomorrow morning. And if uh, people want to know more about you or your program, uh, where should they look? Um, if, uh, if they're interested in linguistics, you can go check out the College of Information at University of North Texas, uh, which is, uh, I have no idea what the website is, but uh, I'm sure I can send it to you and you can throw it down in the link and uh, yep. in the links. Um, and, and hopefully North Texas will very soon uh, Hope maybe by this summer or fall have a uh, at least an initial foundations training, um, and of course that would be open to anybody, not just uh, uh, UNT folks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson and Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2022. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.